Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Thank you for being a blessing. Praise the Lord. I will just flow this evening and um, the Spirit of God will meet you on the way. Amen. I will start by saying that there are times of deep reflections where Even as a minister, you sit back and ask how the things that happen get to happen. And the only answer is that no man can do these things except the Spirit of God be with him. One of the major Thoughts that must be communicated to believers and the church at large is to recognize that heaven has made some heavy investments in the earth. And heaven is not making the investments for nothing. And these investments are in people. Are we together? They are in the graces that God brings around you. And because sometimes believers don't understand that, they don't benefit from those investments that heaven has made in the lives of individuals. Permit me to digress to something physical. Why is America believed to be one of the greatest countries on earth. They've invested in themselves. Amen. Perhaps more than any other country had done consistently for about 200 years plus. Recently, many other countries have said doing the same, but the people that started it, so to speak, have not stopped since they started. Hallelujah. Now, that's in the natural. When God calls a man, he starts investing in him. Knowledge, revelation, empowerment for a purpose. Amen. And so, um, as a man yields to the training of the Spirit of God. He becomes a blessing in ways that you can't quantify. And I believe that that's the direction of the Spirit for every one of us. Hallelujah. 
that you will allow the Holy Spirit invest in you. Amen. In ways that generations after, men will keep drawing from that investment. We're still reading Kenneth E. Hagin's books. It will be read until Jesus comes. We're still reading E.W. Kenyon's books. It will be read until Jesus comes. God made investments in those people. (laughs) Hallelujah. And we must recognize those investments. And continue to benefit from them. That's why he calls those men gifts. Gifts. That when he drops them in a place, in a city, in a society, in a church, people must recognize that. Paul was speaking at what point? He said, we are not sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. He said, our sufficiency is of God. Then, later down in the verse, he said, we have this treasure. That means that thing in us is a treasure. Hallelujah. It's a wealth from heaven. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So, that display of the power, that manifestation of the Spirit, is a deposit from heaven. It's wealth deposited in the earth for the benefit of mankind. God did not only put minerals in the ground, He put in people's spirits. It's not only iron ore, gold, tin, and those things in the cities. No, God also deposited men. Amen with treasures from heaven in their spirits for the blessing of mankind. And when we, in the body of Christ, recognize those investments, we'll be better off. Hallelujah. We'll be better off. We'll be better off. And I believe God is opening our eyes. Amen. He's opening our eyes. Opening our eyes. Day by day. You see sometimes where certain ministers were sent to a generation. And the generation did not receive that investment that God had made. The generation suffers for it. It does suffer for it. It does suffer for it. It could be a city. It could be a nation. They suffer for it. Because when they talk about God helping people, how does He help people? How does God help? Study the patterns of God from Scripture. Israelites were in Egypt. And the Bible says they were groaning. Alright? Under tax masters. They were groaning. They are, the, the word groaning meant that they were praying with a pain in their spirits because they were in bondage. What was God's answer? He gave them a Moses. God's response to their groaning was to give them a Moses. Now, God had given them a Moses. It took time for Moses to yield to the trainings of the Spirit for him. For as long as it took, it added to the number of years for them to be free. 
if you see the prophecies that were spoken of Israel, it spoke of 400 years. But when you see the experience they had, it was 430. So in a generation, God responds. Moses came on the scene. And then the Bible says, by a mighty hand, God delivered Israel from our enemies. That mighty hand was Moses' ministry. You would have called it mighty hand ministry. It is the, the mighty hand. Moses was the mighty hand of God. That means there's no other way. That was God's way. God has not changed. He still sends men. He still makes investments in men for the blessing of many. Now, if you see a minister, ignorant, suffering, struggling, he's either not listening to his teachers, or he's not listening to those that God has assigned to his life. There is nothing you are looking for that is not already on this earth. Packaged in individuals. That's how gracious and magnanimous God is. Magnanimous God is. God has already prepared before you showed up. Are we together? So, you find that all through scripture, God has made deposits in men. Look at John the Baptist. He was raised in the wilderness. Amen. Long before John the Baptist came, words had already been spoken about him. Then he came and did his part. God had done something in his life. That thing God did in his life, even Jesus benefited from it. Jesus didn't come and say, no, 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 I'm the son of God. He recognized that God, heaven has made a deposit in that life, which is for my benefit. So he came. John the Baptist had to validate. Are you understanding me? When he came, he recognized. He said, when he went to get baptized, he said, suffer it to be so for now, to fulfill all righteousness. That pattern of God has not changed. Amen. It has not changed. So God is still making deposits in people. But I found out that part of how he starts in making investments in a man's life is when that one recognizes the investments God has previously made. People are reading books. People have taught messages. Praise God. If they assemble the library of knowledge available to the body of Christ today, <laughs> there is nothing more powerful on earth than that. What have we done with the investments God had made before we came. Amen. Are we together? What have we done with those investments? And you see, 
we are in a day. It's a new day. Hallelujah. It's a new day. You must recognize that. It's a new day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will not enter the second, quarter, second half of the year the same way the first half was. Does God teach people? Yeah. Isaiah 54. He said, The children shall be thought of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of their children. Great shall be their peace. That means God, that you'll be wondering, how did they learn this thing? How did they know this thing? Of course, we're not talking about just little children. We're talking about the children of the covenant. Hallelujah. So, we're in a generation where God is raising people, schooling people. Amen. And we must recognize the giftings of the Spirit. The diversities of gifts and the operations of the Spirit prevalent in our day. If not, what will happen is that someone is functioning, but he doesn't have the equipment he needs. Because he has refused to get to the nearest armory to equip himself. Amen. Will you read church history? You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. I say this with all due respect, you know. The later Bishop Benson Daosa went to Christ for the Nations Institute, Dallas, Texas, Bible School. And um, that's where he got in contact with T.L. Osborne and uh, the likes, Oral Roberts and all those. But he returned a year earlier than he was to return. He didn't um, finish the Bible school program. And he came back. Awesome things happened. Archbishop blazed the trail in Africa. But I read through the history books and looked through and I said, he would have finished. Amen. <laughs> he would have finished. God is not interested in having half-baked people. Second Timothy 3. Let's look at verse 16. I'm going to read 16 and 17 to you. So I just want to show you something. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. 
And when it means all scripture, it means Old Testament and New Testament. Amen. Let me even be more blunt. He's actually talking about the Old Testament. Amen. Because there was no New Testament when he was saying all scripture. Amen. <laughs> all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable. For what? For doctrine. Didaski. Teaching. For reproof. For correction. You know what the correction means? Reformation. Amen. Character reformation. Amen. <laughs> for reformation. For instruction in right. That's training. For instruction in righteousness. There's a training in righteousness. Now verse 17 is the main thing. It says that the man of God perhaps this is the only place in the New Testament where the phrase man of God was used. That the man of God may be what? Perfect. What the perfect means there is complete. Hallelujah. Thoroughly Furnished. That means he has all the equipment he needs unto all good work. So I think many are partially furnished. Amen. Glory to God. Partially furnished. Partially furnished. Thoroughly furnished. Furnished, furnished. That means that everything is where it's supposed to be. The place is ready for use. Amen. The man is ready to serve. Hallelujah. And that happens by recognizing investments God has already made. And learning to constantly drink and draw from those investments. You know, one of the countries that I really, it, it I said, and of course, the Spirit of God tells me to go, you know, but I don't like this country. And even when we've had invitations to these countries, we've just refused to go. You know, two of them in Africa. One is South Africa, and the second is Ghana. Don't ask me why. That's not the message today. Amen. <laughs> so like South Africa. <laughs> so, now, years ago, uh, Pastor Christian Clement moved a strategic part of his ministry base to South Africa. And then he started an international school of ministry in South Africa. That is a great disservice to Nigeria. It means that somehow we didn't deserve to have it. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 
such a wealth of knowledge. Nigeria has benefited from his teaching ministry. Benefited from his miracle ministry. But the opportunity to raise ministers was moved to South Africa. I know some of you never saw it like that. But it means a lot. It means a lot. Maybe they didn't recognize that investment. Hallelujah. I've had a hard time about that. Oh, I'm going to go for those meetings. I don't like South Africa. (laughs) So instead, I'd hooked up with them in the UK. That's even easier for me. But they don't have the ministers' conferences in the UK. South Africa. And nations, thousands of pastors are going there. Praise God. That's a blessing to the whole country. (laughs) Praise God. That means that the future of the next generation is already set in South Africa. Meanwhile, the only kind of ministry training that's going on here is the one that happens for their ministers, the ministers within their local assembly. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm talking some very serious things. Hallelujah. But I want you to understand. The Spirit of God recognizes when a gift is not honored and when a gift is honored. You can't fake that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So recognize those investments. Recognize them. That's not even the title of my message today. Amen. (laughs) Just, Just sharing that with you. And draw from them. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. It was such a big blessing for me to have met certain people in my lifetime and to have sat on their ministries. At that time, I, I might not have understood how far-reaching that was. But I now saw that God was setting me up for something. Hallelujah. Are we together? I am a product of impartations. Multiple, diverse impartations. They have mixed into my unction. Are you understanding me? That's why you see some people just wake up, you know, and start talking. And you just know that they don't know nothing. Amen. (laughs) 
I am a, I'm an advocate for sound doctrine. Not at the expense of honor. Amen. Did you hear me? Because when there is no honor, the doctrine is no more sound. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. It's no more sound. Because the spirit which that doctrine is carried is part of what makes the doctrine sound. It's not just that you are saying the correct things. The spirit with which you carry the message is part of what makes the doctrine sound. The Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. Are we together? So it's untainted. Glory to Jesus. So I believe that um, in the second half of 2018, for us here, the Spirit of God will be opening your eyes to recognize those investments. Amen. God has made around you for your own benefits. You know that scripture that talks about how you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You know, when you pick one verse of scripture sometimes, you miss the big thing that was being said. The context of that scripture was that God will not remove your teachers from you. Amen. It is when your teachers will teach that you will hear that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So there are investments God has made around you. You look at people, you know, you, you, you look at, um, okay, Isaiah 30, yeah? Put up the verse before it. Now, understand the context. It says you just, God, let me just touch. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and water of affliction, that means you're going through rough times, all right? Yet, that means that this one, eh? Is worse than having bread of adversity and, and water of affliction. Yet shall not your teachers be removed into a corner anymore, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. He's talking about you recognizing the investments. That means that it is better for him to give you the bread of adversity and water of affliction. Yeah? Than for him to remove your teachers to a corner. <laughs> and the teachers were removed to a corner in South Africa. Amen. Then he said, But your eyes shall see. Lift your hands and pray that prayer. Say, Lord, let my eyes see my teachers. Let my eyes see my teachers. Oh, we give you glory. Thank you, Father. This Holy Spirit-inspired prayer will benefit you days, years to come.
Latozo bredishke plotosa la bahakate zelebondo bregedoske paya. Le bahande zerida hakatoza bredie ketese bredi. Baronde bloske plotosa la bahatole bro bregedie telega degadegade. Maloshe bredoske plotosa la bahando bregedia. In the name of Jesus. There is ranking in the spirits. There is. And um, it's sad when people don't understand how spiritual things operate at times. Let me use natural things to explain it. Everyone here that is a parent you are a father. Okay, let's start from this point. You know, people have a problem when somebody calls a pastor, my daddy, my father in the Lord. Now I understand he can be abused. I understand it. But what makes someone a father? You have a child. Even if you are 15 and you have a child, you have become a father. Then your child now is one year old. And someone say, Daddy, somebody is angry that they are calling you Daddy. But you are a father now. Are you understanding me? <laughs> that you are 16. Doesn't change the fact that you are not a father. Am I communicating what I'm saying? You are a father. So the moment you have a child, you are a father. <laughs> Glory to God. So don't get offended, alright, that somebody is calling somebody. Are you understanding me? Oh, Daddy, Father. Don't bother yourself about that. Neither am I saying you should be looking for who we call you daddy and father. You understand that? Uh, you know, that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, in, in natural, look, that, look at that explanation. What makes someone a father? He has a child. Simple. Some people became daddy at 50. Some people became daddy at 16. Daddy is daddy. But, where I'm going to with this? Every daddy has a daddy. And the day you became daddy, your, your own daddy didn't cease to be daddy anymore. He got promoted to be granddaddy. If you vex and become granddaddy, he becomes great-granddaddy. Any move you make, father honors him. That's what people don't understand about ministry. This thing I said, translate it into ministry. Oh, people say, oh, yes, we're all washed and saved by the same blood filled with the same spirit. But our responsibilities are not the same. Amen. You look through the scriptures, even in the Bible, you know, there are transference of unctions in the Bible. We saw Moses lay hands on Joshua. And the Bible says that the spirit of wisdom came upon Joshua because Moses had laid his hands on him. Alright? So, Joshua took over leadership and finished 
what Moses was supposed to do. That was transference. Are you understanding me? Then we saw Elijah and Elisha. Do you know the instruction to Elijah? One of the issues was that Elijah was afraid of Jezebel. <laughs> Mighty man like that. He was afraid of Jezebel. And at one point he prayed to God. He said, Ishod, let me die. And God said, okay, 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 hold on. This is what we're going to do. Anoint Jehu, anoint Hazael uh, over Syria, anoint Jehu over Israel. And then Elisha, you anoint in your place. That means he was taking his place. Are you understanding me? In your place. So, we know the story. Elisha took over. Now, Elisha had two times the miracles of Elijah. Joshua also saw a sea part. At least the Jordan parted for Joshua too. That means he had the same experience that Moses had. Are we together? And several other experiences. It was in Joshua's time that the sun stood still. Hello? Moses' son didn't stand still. But when Jesus showed up, who did he have meeting with? Moses and Elijah. On the Mount of Transfiguration, who were someone for the meeting? It was not Joshua, it was not Elisha. It was Moses and Elijah. Their ranking was never taken. Hello? It was Moses and Elijah. Praise the Lord. That means a lot. So, I, I, I am speaking because I know that for the next things that are about to roll out, it will be our recognition of these investments. That God has made in people. Glory to God. I am believing for awesome things to break forth in our lives and our ministries. Massive, massive things unquantifiable things breaking forth in our lives in the name of Jesus. There are certain things that will not open until you meet certain people. Why is that so? Because it is so. It is so. That's how we complement each other in the body. Hallelujah. Barnabas had to open the door for Paul. Barnabas, there's a grace on the life of Barnabas. You know, everybody in church is supposed to be a good person. Is that not so? Are you not a good person? At least you look like one, yeah? <laughs> Everybody in church is supposed to be a good person. <laughs> then the Bible now said, Barnabas was a good man. 
emphasizing. Are you understanding me? Emphasis. That means that, no, his own is different. He's spe- no, no, he's exceptionally good. Everybody in church, every believer is supposed to be a good person. But the description of what Barnabas was that he was a good man. That they had to give him a nickname. His real name is Joseph. Joseph. You find out in Acts 5. That's his real name. But you know him, I'm preaching about him as Barnabas. Barnabas means son of consolation. Or a son of encouragement. Someone that if he just comes around, you'll be encouraged. The church is always encouraged. Because of him. So it was, it, was a, it was an endowment. It was a grace on his life. That means people trust him. Amen. People naturally just love him. He comes to a place, he will assess people and, and things more than another person. God arranged for Paul to meet Barnabas. It was Barnabas that took him. To redeem Christian Church of God. Amen. <laughs> and everyone wanted to say, hey, no, 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 no. I'm here now. I'm here. It's okay because of Barnabas. Let's hear what he wants to say. He says, see this man I brought, eh? He's no more killing people. He used to be a full and he man. I just know. But now he's, he's, he's in Christ. And then people kept quiet because of Barnabas. He takes him across, goes to Winner's Chapel. Are you understanding me? He go, from church to church, local assembly to local assembly, until everybody accepted Paul. If they didn't accept Paul, his ministry would not have started. Paul later quarreled with him anyway. <laughs> Amen. All right. But it was a door opener. What about the great Paul himself? You know? Apart from what, if you see Paul's ministry, you will see people that helped him at different points. Is it Aquila, Priscilla, and Aquila? In the foundational days of Paul's ministry, he would have quenched if Aquila and Priscilla did not show him tent making. Are you understanding me? They were his friends. They were mature believers. Husband and wife. What about the ministry of Ananias? You know, there are two Ananiases, the bad and the good one. Ananias, the liar, and Ananias, the man of God that laid hands on Paul. You know, there are two different ones. All right. The one, Ananias and Sapphira, is the one you know. That one is different. There's another Ananias, the original one. (laughs) Acts 9. Hallelujah. When Paul had that encounter where light was shining from heaven, and he was blind. Or blinded as the case would be. They led him to the house of one Ananias. Amen. In Damascus. The name of the street is called Straight. Straight Street. I don't know the number. <laughs> so they took him there. 
and Ananias laid hands on Paul. Two things happened to Paul. One, he got filled with the Spirit. Two, the scales. Now, you know, the scales to me is not just blindness. It was the scales to fall for him to see the light of the gospel. The scales fell from his eyes. That means there was a gift in Ananias' life that Paul needed. Church history tells us about Ananias. That he was one of the bishops of the churches. Ananias was not just a brother. Amen. He was a massive man of God. He laid hands on Paul. That was Paul's first encounter with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, let me ask you a question. Can we look at, let's read the scriptures verbatim. So, I want to show you two things there. I'll go to Acts 8 after that. Let's look at Acts 9. Um, go, where are we, verse 18, right? Go up a bit. I won't see where Jesus was speaking to him. Oh, thank you. Go up again. Just maybe start from 8. Start from 8. Thank you. And Saul arose from the earth. <laughs> that he fell. <laughs> he fell under the power. I hear that me. You know, an unbeliever fell under the power. <laughs> And woke up and he got saved. Amen. <laughs> and Saul arose from the earth. And when his eyes was opened, he saw no man. But they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. Next verse. And he was three days without sight. Did you see that? And neither did eat nor drink. That's, this one was default fasting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a joke. Went somewhere. As someone was saying, he had an encounter. He had an encounter. Wow. He had an encounter. He had an encounter. As he's talking, he's eating bread. I had an encounter. So my friends say, You saw this guy get an encounter at all. <laughs> University days. <laughs> they are, the way he's eating his bread. Yes, sure. he, has a, he had an encounter at all. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. He's still as carnal as we knew him. <laughs> In the encounter, not humbled him. <laughs> All right, see what the encounter did to him. He was without food three days and three nights. <laughs> and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Did you see that? And to him said the Lord in a vision. That means God has spoken to him already. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street, which is called Straits, and inquire in the house of Judas, of one called Saul of Tarsus. Did you get that? For behold, he prayed. So Saul automatically was praying. <laughs> Nobody taught him to pray. Oh. He was praying. Oh, Chineke. <laughs> he was praying. He, nobody taught him how to pray. The, as the encounter happened, the guys are praying. <laughs> you will pray. Oh. <laughs> you will pray. <laughs> oh, glory to God. <laughs> I had seen in a vision a man. So he himself has seen in a vision a man named Ananias 
coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Verse 13. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Verse 14. And here he had authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Verse 16. He now says, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I just want to get to a point. Keep going. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put it in his hands, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you see that? Verse 18. Let's read together. I want to go. And immediately there fell from his eyes as had been scales, and received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Now go back to 17. Now, why I'm showing you this scripture is this. Listen, oh. a man met Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yet, Jesus still sent him to a man to lay hands on him. Because God is saying, I've already made investments in the earth. Go and use it. Okay, he met Jesus. Who is he going to meet again? Amen. He had met Jesus. Who is he meeting again? God said, let him. Ananias. What if Paul say, who are you when I have met Jesus? <laughs> I've encountered Jesus. Who are you? Praise the Lord. Archbishop Benson also shared a story about how God told him to go to Elisha. So he should go and meet the prophet in Elisha. That was Pa Elsie. And uh, God was already doing things in his life at that time. He was pastoring, he had started the church. God said, Go and meet the man. And he had to travel from Benin to Laisha. He didn't even know where the man was. Are you understanding me? God said, go and meet the man. So he was on his way and he got lost somewhere and he wasn't sure which direction to go. Then he met a man. He said, excuse me, I'm looking for Reverend SGLT. And um, I... He's a white man, so it's not difficult to know, you know, he's a white man. So the guy said, what do you need him for? He said, well, I'm a, a pastor, this, that, that. He said, ah, that man is a wicked man. <laughs> and discouraged Archbishop <laughs> from going to see Pael. After the man had finished talking, Archbishop said, I will still have to see him. Amen. <laughs> That God told me to see him. The man got angry. After he has told him all these things, he still wants to see him. He said, okay now, the God that told you to see him should show you where to see him. If you know Archbishop, he's a very persistent person. He said, yes, that's why God made me meet you. So that you will show me where he is. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, what I'm trying to show you is that 
all of these men met obstacles, hallelujah, in even when they recognized the investments that God had made around them. In trying to assess those investments, obstacles came up. Those were, those were demonic obstacles. I can't even imagine what Archbishop would have been. I would not even be calling him Archbishop if he never met Pilate. Do you know that the same thing happened with Bishop David Rupo? He was in Kaduna. And the Lord said, you are going to meet my servant in Benin. He said, ah. Now, understand that um, people like Bishop Rupo didn't start out in what you would call the word of faith. You know, it was more like what you call an evangelical. You know. So, the flamboyance of Archbishop was not was not something he could relate with. It was like crossing. You know, it's just like the Lord speaks to a brother in Deeper Life Bible Church and says, go to Koza. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? You, you know, hey, that's just how it is. Like, uh-uh. No, we small, small, we do this. <laughs> At least I'll start with redeem now. You understand? You understand? <laughs> Amen. All right. It's just like, man, <laughs> the gap. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying all this today. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> God told him to go to Benin. He said, I've heard some kind of things about that man. And the things he had heard are not positive things. Some of you might not maybe have been very aware, maybe uh, ministerially aware, when Archbishop was alive, he passed on um, 98, 1998. In the 80s, there were rumors about Archbishop because nobody could understand how uh, uh, a minister of the gospel could be that wealthy. He was one of the only ministers that had a limousine in Nigeria. You understand that? You know? And people don't understand that there were gifts given to him. And he dressed. He wore, what we call, it, what we call it here now? It was called Babariga or 1005, you know? Well, he wore, and he wore it with expensive mat- mat- materials. And he wasn't shy to say his mind. So, when God told him, and one of the rumors at that time about Archbishop was that he was a drug pusher. You can imagine that he was a drug dealer. When of God have heard it in this life, wait for your own name. They will call you to. Amen. <laughs> wait for your name. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was a drug pusher. Of course, if you know Archbishop, he will make something out of that. So he said, Yes, I'm a pusher, but not just a drug pusher. Not a drug one, not the drug one. I push the gospel. Amen. <laughs> So, Bishop Ibo, when he heard 
When God told him, go to the man. He said, I've heard some things about that man. Those are the things he had heard. But he went. And I tell you, you would not have known Bishop Ilego if he didn't meet as Bishop Bensida was there. May God open your eyes, amen, to those investments. Those investments. Sometimes it doesn't come packaged in the way you thought. Because it's not something you should mentally recognize. It's something that you should spiritually recognize. I think it was in the morning or yesterday. I can't remember where I was speaking. And I was talking about my friend, Lieutenant Cornell. He was sharing his story with us. And um, he talked about a pastor. I, I happen to know who the person is also. That he had known when he was in Zaria. When he just... I think I can't remember if Zaria was his first posting. So, you know, when they leave NDA, they start as second lieutenants or something like that before they become captains and then become majors and so on and so forth. So, so in those early years, he was unmarried and all that. And there was this young pastor that always come and sit with him and be hearing messages. You understand that? Share word of God, you know, like, wow, 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 wow. Then the young pastor now told, told left hand corner and said, ah. There is a man of God that God told me I'm going to meet. When I meet him, my life will change. I've been looking for the man of God. So you go for this conference, they'll hear that some conference is going, bombastic conference is holding in town. If we go, you understand that? <laughs> you understand? Blood revolution, all the things are happening. It's going from one to the other. For years. I will come back and say where he went to. Are you understanding me? I'm thinking whether it's this man of God, you know? And I, until one day. He said, you're the man of God, though. <laughs> you understand that? I don't know where. How did I see it since that you know that everything I'm doing is what you are telling me? Amen. That's recognition. Recognition will change a lot of things. The moment recognition happens, you start drawing grace on another level. You start drawing on another level. Jesus was not just asking them questions for nothing. When he said, Who do men say that I am? He wanted to see whether they had recognition. Yeah, some say, hey, prophet, some say, hey, who do you say that I am? Didn't you see his response to the man that said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God? Recognition. Amen. May God open our eyes. So, Ananias laid hands on Paul. And we saw that Paul needed to meet Ananias. Likely there was some transaction that had to take place between Ananias and Paul that Paul needed to be furnished to do ministry. I used to hear some folks in the early days say some things, you know, because they didn't know any better. They say, no, Paul, nobody laid hands on Paul. Nobody ministered. Paul just appeared from heaven and started doing ministry. I have the kind of false ministry. No, if you have the kind of false ministry, there will be a Peter, James, and John. Amen. Somewhere. Amen. In the writings of Paul, you will see he recognized that. Amen. He, he told us his story in Galatians 1 and 2, the first two chapters of Galatians. How he spent 15 days with Peter. He also met James. 
Amen. You think when they met, they were talking about APC convention? <laughs> you think that's what they were talking about? He met them. Glory to God. And scripture tells us hands were laid on Paul. Now, the Bible didn't tell us that Peter or James laid hands on him, but I believe they did so. Amen. They did so. And if the apostles of the Lamb did not validate the ministry of Paul, then he had no ministry. Because Jesus validated them, and then they validated others, and that's how I was validated. Is that same lineage? People don't fall from the sky. Acts 12. Let me show you where Paul was ministered to. But there's somewhere I'm, I'm, I'm trying to anchor. Let's start from verse 1, Acts 12. 13. Sorry. Let's read this together. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And then he starts mentioning them. As what? Barnabas. Now what we don't know is that which one is Barnabas? Is he a prophet or a teacher? He's one. And then Simeon that was called Niger. Alright? And Lucius, which is believed to be Luke. Amen? It's believed to be Luke. Of Cyrene. And Manaen which had been brought up with Herod, Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. His name was mentioned last. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, what? Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands, on who? On Barnabas and Saul. Amen. They sent them away. So, somebody laid hands on Paul and Barnabas. Amen. Of course, we knew it was not Barnabas because Barnabas was one of those they were laying hands on. So, it must have been, let's go back to the names of the people. Go back to verse 1. Simeon, Simeon, Lucius, and Manian. Amen. Laid hands on Paul. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the making of Paul. <laughs> but today, um, the Spirit of God dropped in my heart something. And um, we'll leave with that. Hallelujah. About the gifts, a special gift that will start operating in your life after today. Acts chapter 8. I would start from verse 16. Uh, just go up a bit. I'll read some portions. Let's go up a bit. One verse up. I want to start. This Acts 8 is where Philip came to Samaria. Alright? And after Philip had come to Samaria, Philip preached. And there were miracles. People got saved. 
they believed when they saw the miracles Philip had done. But now they needed someone to receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And they needed them to receive the Holy Spirit. And they called for Simon Peter. Go, I need, I need, I need, up, 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 up. we'll come to this place. I want to just see where they sent for. Go to like verse 8. No, I don't want Simon first. Go, not this Simon. Go up again. Thank you. So follow me. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Next. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies that they were paralyzed, and that were lame were healed. And there was what? Now, you imagine that there was great joy in that city. Well, read the next verse. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, continue, to whom all, they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now, follow this now. But when they believed Philip preaching, no, you skipped. Go back, 11. Okay, thank you. It's 12, I wasn't sure. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, the people of Samaria were baptized, both men and women. Next. Then, this is what I wanted you to see first. Then, who? Simon himself, with Simon, the sorcerer, believed also. And when he was what? Baptized. He continued with Philip. That means instead of following Philip, carrying his Bible. Are you understanding me? Follow him for the next meeting. And wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. That was the real thing that was really of interest to him. Verse 14. Okay. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them who? Peter and John. That means mission one, next mission. Amen. What was the aim of this? Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. There was something about Peter and John. Hallelujah. Specialized ministry. Amen. These guys need to enter that town. Peter and John, is your turn. And then, whatever Philip had done, they came to compliment it. So, Verse 16, we'll now read down. For as yet, no matter that there was great joy in the city, he was falling upon none of them. That means nobody, in all the great joy, nobody received the Holy Ghost. In all the miracles, nobody received the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to what I'm saying? (laughs) That means, in all the things that happened in Philip's ministry, people were not receiving the Holy Ghost per se. They were getting healed, miracles were happening. But he was not seeing that sight. Amen. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them. Who laid hands? Peter and John laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They couldn't do it from where they were. They had to come. 
and laid hands on the people. And the people received the Holy Ghost. Follow my thought line now. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hand, now understand that Simon was among those that hands were laid on. Amen. Okay. When Simon, he's not talking about Simon Peter now, he's talking about Simon the sorcerer, saw, saw means that there was a physical manifestation when hands were laid. That didn't happen when Philip was preaching. You are not hearing me well. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the, whose hand? The apostles and not Philip's hand. Peter and John's hand. The Holy Ghost was given. You guys said, um, come this way please. Uh, I need to see you guys. Amen. He offered them money. <laughs> that means that he recognized that there was something special. That was happening when they touched people. Philip had been in the city before they came. He didn't see that one. Amen. He didn't see that. Follow me. Saying, give me also this what? Power. He's talking about an ability. That on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Next. Peter, I felt that Peter was too harsh on this guy, you know. You know. The guy just got born again, man. You understand that? A former criminal now in Christ. You understand that? His mind has not been renewed. You understand that? Everything is about us and carried to him. But I believe that the Holy Ghost was using it to correct future generations. And that's why that strong statement came from Peter. And Peter said unto him, your money perish with thee. Imagine a pastor just comes to tell him, remember, your money perish with you. It will be on the news. Though. Because thou hast taught that, that the gift of God. So what did he call it? The gift of He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the ability to lay hands. Maybe purchase with money because Philip had already received the Holy Spirit. He was not trying to buy the Holy Spirit. He was trying to buy the gifts, the ability to minister to someone else to receive the Holy Spirit. Today, that's the gift you're living with. Amen. There is a gift of laying on of hands. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Let me show you something. Um, In Hebrews 6, I'll read from verse 1 through to 4. I I believe I'll stop somewhere there. I said, therefore living... Thank you. Therefore living the principles of doctrine of Christ... Let us go on to perfection, not laying again. So, he's talking about the principles. Everybody say the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Number one, not laying again what? The foundation of repentance from dead works. That's the first doctrine of Christ. The second one is what? Of faith toward God. Now, watch the next one, verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms. And then the fourth one of what? The doctrine of what? Laying on of hands. There is something about that. And when people don't understand it, you know, someone that has the gift of laying on of hands lays hands differently from someone that doesn't have the gift. Hello? Let me give you an illustration. Pastor B, come. If you've seen me lay hands, 
Come and help me with this microphone. I don't lay hands like this. Yeah, one of the courses we'll have in July is um, that will run from. I, I mentioned the date now, forgotten date uh, of of the heart. Um, yes, from the last week, Monday to Friday, we'll have in the morning the art of meditation. Amen. Big thinking. Amen. Then in the evenings, for those that have not been able to come for morning sessions, we are going to have bloodology. Amen. Bloodology. Bloodology will be repeating. We had that in uh, April, so we're going to have bloodology for those people. So the dates will come up on social media, and you know about it. Now, there are certain things that you have to be taught. So I'm giving an example because some people don't know how we lay hands. If you are, if you, if 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 um, you are here and you've been around my ministry, there are some things you should learn. Amen. See. God has made investments in my life over the years. And it's not for a few people. It's for my generation. So, you see how we lay hands on people. And I only lay hands when I'm instructed to. There's a difference between as a pastor, I bless people. So, people have bad days or something, you call them and then you pray for them. That's not the same thing. Amen. That's not the same. That's for blessing. Jesus said, bring the children. And then he, that he blessed the children. That's not impacting. Amen. He's blessing the children. But the impartation is different. That's why it's easy to get to with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. So, um, and understand that you have to understand different ministries. There are some ministries that don't operate that way. The Bible talks about the diversities of operations. The anointing is strong on their life. It manifests in another way. Are we together? It manifests in another way. And sometimes some of those people don't lay hands often on people. And even when they do, people don't fall under the power. It doesn't mean that the people were not blessed. But that's not how the Spirit works in their lives. Now, I'm saying that to pastors because I need to understand that um, you can't, you can't 
generate or engineer something that does, is not. Are you understanding me? So forget about the dramatics. You know? Now, but you can genuinely receive an impartation and have a rub off of such a grace in your life. Amen. Yeah, you can have such a rub, rub off. Now, I just use that illustration. So we're not do like this. And when that gives is operation, sometimes um, we have meetings, public meetings, and I call people out and I say, help me touch people. Then I tell them, I say, don't push anybody, just touch them. And then, even if they did like this, it will still happen. Amen. It will still happen. It will still happen. So it's a gift. Glory to God. Lift your hands and thank Him. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even the there are dimensions of what you call prophetic unction. That's the gift of prophecy every believer should operate in. You know, but you know, there are some ministers you see that maybe at the end of a service or in the course of a message, they say, they begin to say strong words to their people. You can copy it and the lives of the people will not change if the gift is not operating. Are you understanding me? You can say, you are blessed. As you are going now, you will, you will, you will meet uh, something on the road. <laughs> and you just talked. But someone speaking under prophetic unction, the words are performed. Are you understanding me? And people know the difference. They will know in their spirits that something, the weight of the words, they will know. Job talked about how forceful are the right words. So it's a gift. So you see where, I, I, I could mention names to you, you know, where maybe someone like Bishop Edeko, he hardly lays hands on people, but that word from his mouth, <laughs> amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That thing he's saying, that thing he's saying, So, it, it, it's, it's prophetic unction. Glory to God. Today, as you are hearing these things, your spirit is soaking them. 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 What will happen, you will observe that you will touch people and the power of God will just flow into their bodies. Are we together? It's a gift. And if God brings you around people that already operate that way, He's giving you access, hallelujah, to function the same way. And people that belittle those things, Never really experienced them. Any genuine carrier, and I'm talking about carrier of unction, honors carriers.
you honor carriers. They never talk down on the power of God. Never talk down on manifestations of the Spirit. Even when they don't understand them. Are you understanding me? Be careful. I saw something happen. I saw something on social media. I've never seen that before. I, I, you know, where a minister was ministering. And then he'll be dancing. And then he'll face his direction. People fall under the power. he face his direction. That people fall under the power. You know, I was just watching. I don't know him before. I've never heard his message. You know. I don't understand it. But is it impossible for God to operate that way? It is not. Amen. <laughs> it is not. And they'll be playing songs like... Uh, uh, all those kind of... Makosa kind of... Uh, 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 beats. You understand that? And you'll be dancing like that, dancing like that, dancing like that. You'll do like this. Somebody will follow that power. And like this, will follow that power. You understand that? <laughs> Amen. That one is not your business. Most of the time, the people that are criticizing, wear your own. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Today we receive, we receive, we receive. The very air is saturated with deposits of the Spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, there are some of you, let me tell you how it will happen. You will have visitations. And then after those visitations, you start operating in that new realm. Amen. You start operating with giftings that you didn't see steadily function before in your life. Glory to God. Alright? You start seeing them manifest in your life. I had woken up, slept and woken up and had a new impartation of the Spirit. Are we together? Something would have come upon me somewhere. Amen. <laughs> In my early days, I used to... I'd done the switch before I'd teach. Just explain the scriptures, the way I understand them. When I open the scriptures, I see... I just see. So I explain. Maybe the first year, up until the particular year, I'd never really preached. You know, I just teach. Then I was reading the scriptures. Isaiah 61. It said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because He had anointed me to preach. That means there's an anointing to preach. There's an anointing to preach. Oh, just as there's an anointing to teach, there's an anointing to preach. What a preacher will do with John chapter 1, verse 1 is what David did with a stone and a sling. Are you understanding me? <laughs> I saw preaching unction. Bishop Fred Addo, 1995. I was in that meeting. He preached from 
Genesis 1, verse 2. Verse 3. And God said, it's verse 3. He read 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was that form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Verse 3. And God said. The title of the message was, And God said. And God said. He will start singing. God said, Dumb. The people that were um, 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 stammering stammer, tongue were healed. Miracles happened. All he was saying was, God said. In the book, all I wrote was, And God said. Amen. <laughs> I understand me, but the place was scattered. Preaching unction. I said, man. Man. Then I said, I pray. I said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he had anointed. Where is this anointing to preach? Where is this anointing to preach? One day I saw this. And then I saw myself. Preaching. Not teaching. No. Preaching. You know this kind of... How many of you used to know Ayorisa Jaffa in the 80s? When he had the long hair. How many of you knew when he had a jerry coil and long hair? Pastor Chris is not the first to do like that. So. Amen. Ayorisa Jaffa had a TV program. He would just... And you know he's tall. He would just be preaching like... Kai! See preaching on Sean. I was preaching. I was preaching. The title of my message was The Shield of Faith. <gasps> so now, but what happened was that I was sitting down in the crowd and then I was preaching to myself. Are you understanding me? So I had to take note of what I preached. <laughs> Are you understanding me? <laughs> but I saw myself in a way I never imagined I could ever be. When I woke up, I became what I saw. That was an impartation. That was an impartation. That was an impartation. Glory to God. Are we together? <laughs> you are receiving as I'm speaking. Of. Something has rubbed off on your spirit. Too. You will be, you see, I said some of you, you will sleep and wake up. <laughs> and something has dropped in your spirit. You just discover that, ah, ah, this is not how I used to be. Impartation. Lift your right hand toward heaven. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God rest upon your hands. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Spirit of God. These hands will begin to function in a new way. As the hands are stretched and laid on others, let there be expressions, manifestations. Pray in tongues for a minute or two. Just pray in tongues. 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 
Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Hosanna in the listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.